you're worshiping with us. If you're here for the very first time, uh, there are, are bulletins on the welcome table as you come into the sanctuary. Uh, there's a flap on there. If you would fill that out, if you have time, and just put it in the box, offering box, on that welcome table in the entryway, we'd appreciate it. Got a lot of things going on this morning, so I'm going to go ahead and get started with just uh, a few words from the Word of God. Uh, we're just really grateful that you're here to worship and, and celebrate with us. And before I start, I'm, I'm going to pray because I, I need to do that. Father, I uh, just pray for everyone involved in this program that you would quiet their hearts, calm their spirits. I pray that you would be honored and magnified and glorified through all that's said and done. In Jesus' name, amen. When I first got started in the ministry, I had this opportunity to teach young people like junior and senior high students. And so one of the assignments I gave those junior and senior high students around Christmas time was this. I said, pretend you are a journalist at the time when Jesus was born. And your responsibility is to write an article chronicling the birth of Jesus. I had this one clever young student, and, and so his article, the title of his article was God in a Bod. And then his opening line was, a totally righteous babe was born today in Bethlehem. Well, we're here this morning to worship and to honor and to celebrate the birth of a totally righteous babe who was born in Bethlehem. God in a body. God in the flesh. And that's the, the title of the program. That's what we're going to be focusing on. God incarnate. God in the flesh. And this morning, I just want to quickly uh, walk you through three reasons why we should even consider this. Why that's important that God was born as, as in a body. And why he became flesh and dwelt among us. And the first reason that I, I have for you this morning is that the promise of God with us is foretold. And we're going to be hearing about it a little bit later, but the, the, about 700 years before Jesus was born, there was a prophet by the name of Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, he wrote this. He says this, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Think about that. The sovereign God of the universe who created us, and as the, the, the prophet Zechariah says, that he is the one who formed the spirit within man. He came and lived among us. It's kind of mind-blowing when you think about it. The one who created us came to live among us. All right? It's, it, it's crazy. And so the, the first promise that was given was in the Old Testament. There's another promise that was given in the New Testament. And both of these promises point to the fulfillment of this God in the flesh to the person of Jesus Christ. In the New Testament, uh, in the Gospel of Luke, I'm going to read this, in Luke chapter 1, verses 30 and 31 and 35, the angel appeared to, to Mary and he says, Do not be afraid, Mary. You will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall name him Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Offspring shall be called the Son of God. I know it doesn't say Emmanuel in that text, but he's the Son of God who's born as a baby. 
God in the flesh. So in both the Old Testament and the New Testament, there were these promises that there would be this God in the flesh. God in the flesh. But you know, a promise that's not fulfilled is actually a perversion. Some of you are familiar, maybe you aren't, if you, you can Google it if you want, but this guy by the name of, of Sam Bankman-Fried started FTX. And he made the promise to the people who were investing that he was investing in cryptocurrency when in fact, well, it's alleged at least, that he wasn't investing all of his money in cryptocurrency. He was actually uh, investing in other things, not really investing, just giving away, buying stuff for himself. He was using it for himself. It was a deception. And a promise that's not fulfilled is a deception. And so that leads me to the second reason why we should focus on celebrating God in the flesh. And that is that the fact is that the presence of God with us is a fact. It's not just foretold. The presence of God is a fact. And I'm reading in Matthew's gospel now, Matthew chapter 1, verses 22 and 23. Now all this took place, and I'll explain what that means in a minute, that what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet might be fulfilled, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel, which is translated as God with us. And Joseph kept her a virgin until she gave birth to the son, and he called his name Jesus. All this took place is all the events surrounding the birth of Jesus, the, the conception and the birth of Jesus and Mary and Joseph and that whole thing, the, the miraculous conception, which ultimately fulfilled the prophecy in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, and proved what Luke had said was true, that this person Jesus was born, son of God, son of the most high God. Every detail of Jesus' birth had meticulously been arranged to confirm that he was the son of God. To confirm that he was indeed God in the flesh, Emmanuel, a son of God. So he's distinct from the Father in his personhood, but the same in essence as the Father. So he was the Son, different in person, but same in essence. Uh, a couple of years ago, Marla and I had to go to get our real ID. Uh, if you're of driving age, you know what that means. You have to get the little driver's license, little star up in the corner so you can travel without being uh, uh, accosted if you go in, uh, uh, in the United States on an airplane. Well, you had to, we had to take a birth certificate, had to take our uh, you know, a, a current utility bill, and take a, a W-2 form or something with your Social Security number on it. You basically had to give your life away to prove you were who you said you were. All of the prophecies in the Old Testament concerning the person of Jesus were his evidence for his real ID uh, that he is indeed the son of God Emmanuel God with us the promised son he would be a descendant of David he would be a king he would be conceived of the Holy Spirit that he would be the one who would have all these names names that only God could take upon himself and you're going to hear about it in the program in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 his name is wonderful counselor the mighty God the everlasting father the prince of peace only God would receive these things and get these names. The promised royal child would also come from Bethlehem. That was told in the Old Testament. Amazing thing is that the confirmation of who Jesus is as the Emmanuel is given to us by all of these prophetic promises hundreds of years before it ever happened. And statistically, uh, someone figured this out, that for one person to fulfill eight of the prophecies for one person to fulfill eight of those prophecies and there were like I think 300 and some prophecies about Jesus in the Old Testament that were fulfilled by him for one person to fulfill eight of them 
The probability is 1 times 10 to the 17th power. That's 1 with 17 zeros after it. So to put it down into our terms, take the state of Texas and cover the state of Texas two feet deep with silver dollars and mark one of those silver dollars, but red on one side of it and turn it upside down. Mix them all around and then blindfold a person and that person walks out and picks up the one that's marked. That's the probability that one person will fulfill eight of the prophecies. And Jesus fulfilled several hundred prophecies. You see, it's a fact that God is, is with us. And Jesus fulfilling these prophecies confirms it. And the final reason that I think we should consider it is not just because that, that the, the, the promise was made and that the presence is a fact, but finally, the purpose of God with us is for forgiveness. Why did it all happen? I mean, why did God send his son to be among us? Well, the, the Bible is very clear in Matthew chapter 121. And he shall bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For it is he who will save his people from their sins. His people. Jesus actually means God saves. That's the literal translation, Jehovah saves. And Christ saves his people, true believers from all nations, especially the Jews, from our sin, from the consequences of our sin. That's the, that's the whole point. See, we're all messed up. Uh, the Bible's pretty clear about that. That happened back in the Garden of Eden, Genesis chapter 3, verse 7. We're all messed up. We're all separated from God. We're either playing God or fighting God. Think about that. We're either playing God or fighting God. We're all sinful. Isaiah says, all we like sheep have gone astray, and each one has turned to his own way. Now, I mean, we're selfish. When you came in today, you were looking for the most comfortable seat, either either obscure, back in the back, you know, you didn't want to sit in the front, you wanted to find not too close to people you didn't know, right? I mean, I'm not faulting you for that, that's just who you are, that's who we are. We're selfish, we're greedy, we're jealous, we're boastful, we're taking, keeping score, we don't forgive people. All of these things separate us from God, and, and because we're separated from God because of our sin, we deserve His punishment, because God is holy and just. It's not that he's unjust in punishing us. We deserve it. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And the wage of sin, the payment for sin, is separation from God for eternity. Uh, I just, I drive by Bebop's. So they're, they're hiring 15 bucks an hour for work at Bebop's. That's the payment you get for the work you do. The payment we receive for our sin is eternal separation from God. And that's not good news. <laughs> that's bad news. The good news is that God made a remedy. He sent his son, Jesus, to pay the price we owe. The Bible tells us in 1 John 4.10 that herein is love, not that we loved God, but that God loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. The fancy word is a propitiation, which is a fancy theological word, which means that God, that somebody paid the price to satisfy God's wrath against us. His wrath is justified. We deserve it. When I was a kid and I messed up with my parents, I deserved punishment. All of us deserve punishment because of our sin. But the fact is that Jesus took the punishment upon us because he was born to die on a cross. You see, the babe in the manger grew up to be a man. He was born so that he would die. He died on the cross to pay a debt he didn't owe because we owed a debt we could not pay. None of us could earn our own salvation. None of us could make it happen. But Jesus died in our place. So that if we put our faith or our trust in him, the Bible says in Hebrews 2.14 that he took on flesh and blood to render powerless him who had the power of death. That is the devil. We deserve eternal condemnation because of our sin. 
So God made a way for us to be forgiven. To overcome all of the, the, the mess, you know, the, the aches and sorrows and pains and hardships of this life and separation from God, God provided for that in the person of his son Jesus so that at the end of our earthly life, we can spend an eternity with him in heaven. But eternal life begins the moment we put our faith or our trust in Christ. He died for us, but we must receive the gift that we have been given, and we receive it, the gift of forgiveness, through faith. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. The Son of God did not come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. How? How would we be saved from this punishment, this wrath, this judgment? Belief. What's belief? Not just knowing about it. I know what a zipline is. How many of you know what a zipline is? You know what a zipline is? It's one of those fancy things. You go on vacation and you're high up in the trees and you, you hold on and you're for dear life and you ride down through the forest or whatever it is across the ravine. I know what one is. Belief is not mental ascent, knowing what it is and how it operates. You're, you're high up and you zip down and you go fast and you're suspended in midair. Belief in the sense of trusting in Christ is if you would actually get on the zip line and do it. It's active faith. And the way you express and we express active faith, the best way I know to, to put our trust or our faith in what Jesus Christ did on the cross as the payment for my sin and believe in his resurrection as the proof that I one day will join him in heaven is to pray and say something like, Lord Jesus... Yeah, I realize I'm a knucklehead. I, 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 I'm moving away from you. I kind of live my own life and my own power, my own strength. I try to be my own master. And now I, I want to confess my sin and I want to turn from my sin. I want to trust in you. I invite you to be my Lord and my master and my king. I surrender my life to you and I commit my life to you into your hands. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I mean, the words are not magic. It's, it's a matter of turning from my sin and trusting in Christ as my Lord and Savior. And you know what? That's the message of Christmas. And if you don't leave here with anything, yeah, it's nice to see a baby born in a manger, but the baby grew up to die so that you and I could be free from the judgment of God, so that we could live a life on purpose for eternity and that it would matter for God. And that's what God gave his son for. And I hope and pray that you would put your trust and faith in Jesus if you've never done that before. And the amazing thing is that if we put our trust and faith in Jesus, we're guaranteed that we will live forever. Truly, truly, I say to you, Hugh, hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life, has eternal life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death to life. He's not saying will pass from death to, life, death to life, but has passed from death to life. This is the promise of God. And after the service, after the program's all over, there are going to be a couple of people up here, and if you would like to pray to get on that zip line of trusting Christ as your Lord and Savior, and to know that you have eternal life, they'd be glad to pray with you. If you have other prayer requests, they'd be glad to pray with you about that as well. And if you're here and you don't have a Bible, I invite you to reach under the pews before you leave, under the seats. There, there are Bibles there. You just take it, okay, uh, as our gift to you. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to go ahead and start this program. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you came as a babe in a manger, God in the flesh, so that all who would put their trust or their faith in you could have the confidence that we would spend eternity with you in heaven, that we'd be forgiven, that we'd have victory in this life over sin and death and, and the devil, and that we would know hope in our desperation. We would know strength in our weakness. We'd have victory 
when we seem to be defeated. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Lord God went to the garden of Eden, and there he placed the man who he had formed. Male and female he created them. It was very good. You will make known to me the path of life. In his presence is full joy. In your right hand there are pleasures forever. of children and infant, you have ordained praise to silence your enemies. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars in their places, what is man that you are mindful of him? And who is the son of man that you care for him? You made him a little lower than the angels, yet crowned him with glory and honor. You've given him dominion over all your creation and set everything under his feet. You made him to rule over the sheep and cattle, all the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, the fish in the sea. Yes, everything that follows the waters to the sea O oh Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. 
To the first man, Adam, God said, From any tree you may eat freely, except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in that day that you eat from it, you will surely die. The serpent deceived Eve, so she ate, and gave to her husband with her. They were ashamed and hid from the presence of God. You are pure and cannot stand the sight of evil. We were foolish, disobedient, deceived, enslaved to various lusts and pleasure, spending our life in malice and envy, hating one another. Far away from God, we were his enemies, separated from him by evil thoughts and actions. Behold, the Lord's hand is not short, that it cannot save, nor is his ear, that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God. And your sins have hidden his face from you, so that you do not hear. Now the Lord saw, and it was displeasing in his sight, that there was no justice. And he saw that there was no man. And he was astonished that there was no one to intercede. Then his own arm brought salvation to him, and his righteousness upheld him. Our Redeemer will come to Zion, and to those who turn transgressions, declares the Lord. I bring near my righteousness. It is not far off, and my salvation will not delay. And I will grant salvation in Zion, and my glory for Israel. The Deliverer will come, and he will remove ungodliness, and he will take away their sins. I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with a child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in a dark land, the light will shine on them. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish and uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. Behold, the days are coming when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he will reign as king and act wisely, and do justice and righteousness in the land. In his days Judah will be saved, and Israel will dwell securely, and this is his name by which he will be called, the Lord our righteousness. Therefore, behold, the days are coming. 
The angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and coming in, he said to her, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and he will reign forever. An angel appeared to Joseph, saying, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. Joseph and Mary went to Bethlehem to register for the census. While they were there, their days were completed for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in clothes and laid him in a manger, because there is no room for them in the inn. same region there were some shepherds standing out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night and an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terribly frightened but the angel said to them do not be afraid for behold I bring you good news of great joy which will be for all the people for today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. When the angel had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then, and see this thing that has happened by which the Lord has made known to us. As they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph, 
and the baby as he lay in the manger. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told about this child. All who heard it wondered at the things which were told to them by the shepherds. The shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just had, that, just had but told them. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who was born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy, and they fell to the ground and worshipped him. Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and men. The followers of Jesus saw him walking on the sea, 
Great crowds came to him, bringing with them the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others. And they put him at his feet, and he healed them. When there arose a fierce gale of wind, while Jesus and his disciples were in a boat, he rebuked the wind and said, Hush, be still. And the wind died down and became perfectly calm. The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Men seized Jesus and led him away. They spat in his face and beat him with their fists, and others slapped him. They bound him and led him away and delivered him to the governor and to Pilate, who said, What shall I do with Jesus, who is called Christ? They all said, Crucify him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him, a crown of thorns and a reed at his right hand, and knelt down before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. They spat on him and took the reed and began to beat him on the head. After they had mocked him, they led him away to crucify him. He was despised and forsaken of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Like one from whom men hide their face, he was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely our griefs he himself bore and our sorrows he carried. Yet we ourselves esteemed him, stricken, smitten of God and afflicted, but he was pierced through our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastising of our well-being fell upon him, and by his scourging we are healed. Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. He was buried and was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. the 
Mary, did you know? The blind will see, the deaf will hear, the dead will live again. The lame will leap, the dumb will speak, the praises of the Lamb. Mary, did you know that your baby boy is Lord of all creation? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will one day rule the nations? Did you know that your baby boy is heaven's perfect lamb? The sleeping child you're holding is the great I am. For God so the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. The one who practices sin is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of God appeared for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. I, even I, am the one who wipes out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were still his enemies. Now, we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made friends with God. I go to prepare a place for you. I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. If you love me, keep my commandments. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever that is, the Spirit of Truth, whom the world cannot receive but it does, because it does not know him or uh, see him, but you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world 
and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Consequently, we are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people, also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you also are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. I will dwell in them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from their midst and be separate, and do not touch what is unclean, and I will welcome you, and I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me. The Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God, 
and dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we always be with the Lord.
I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and there is no longer any sea. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, and he will dwell among them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be among them, and he will wipe every tear from their eyes, and there will no longer be any death. There will no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. He who sits on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. It is done. I am Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give to the one who thirsts from the spring of the water of life without cost. He who overcomes will inherit these things, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. Behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me. The Lamb, he is Lord of lords and King of kings, and those who are with him are called and chosen and faithful. Hallelujah, salvation and glory and power belong to our God. Give praise to our God, all ye his bond servants, you who fear him, the small and the great. Hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the Almighty, reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give the glory to him, for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. And I, I saw, saw heaven opened and, and a white horse, and, and behold, a, a white, white horse. horse. And he who sat on it is called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and wages war. He is clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called Word of God. And his robe and on his thigh he has a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Holy Spirit and your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, to him who is able to do far more abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory forevermore in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen.
thank you so much for coming today. Have a great week, everyone. Thank you.